Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder. Renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. Today we have Friday's winner in the 620 CKRM Spring Country Cookout Contest. The winner is seeding near Radville. That's about 135 kilometers south and east of Regina. We also have our usual Friday look at grain markets. And prices are in record and near record territory this week. Real Agriculture looks at farm trade with China through the Canada West Foundation. We look at grain movement and have a crop report from Manitoba. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. And Mazenk Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazenk, 306-721-6667. A farmer at Bradville is today's winner in the 620 CKRM Spring Country Cookout Contest. Doug Bellas is seating as well underway near Radville, about 135 kilometers south and east of Regina. The farm I'm, I'm helping out and farming with the boys here uh, is about 6,400 acres. What kind of seeding progress have you made? We just passed halfway uh, yesterday, so uh, things are going pretty good. A little couple minor breakdowns, but uh, for the most part, we got our fingers crossed and we're uh, we're flat out in Saskatchewan, as they say. <laughs> when did you start? Uh, we could go this last Monday, so we've got about we we lost a day uh, repairing. So, like I said, we probably got about I don't know. I'm going to say 11 days in. And when do you hope to wrap up? Well, we're shooting. Uh, we want to be done by May long. That'd be that'd be great. Kind of the usual course, time. Well, it'd be. Uh, we wouldn't mind being a little later. It would start raining. <laughs> so, what are you seeding in the ground today? I'm putting in Durham. Uh, we finished up canola the other day, and we're finished canola. Finished the peas. Finished the lentils. Uh, we've got some Durham, and like my son wants to put in uh, probably some maybe some spring wheat. Sounds like quite a mixed bag. Is this your usual rotation, or were there changes made? No, it's the usual rotation. The spring wheat, Reed, my son, uh, added in last year, but uh, and then all the prices are so good, he's kind of looking at uh, maybe throwing in a few acres of that. How dry is it? Oh, it's pretty dry. We're the, There's a little bit of moisture to throw the crop in, but everybody out in the Radville area, man, we need a good inch just to kind of keep going. And after May long, well, I think everybody would do the dance if uh, we get a couple inches. 
Any livestock? Uh, my son's got, uh, he had about 23 cows, and now I think he's down to, I don't know, I'm going to say six or eight. Uh, no, the brother-in-law, the farm is the Lappy Farm that we're working on here. The brother-in-law, and they used to have cattle and pigs and everything, but as the years went, Todd got out of it. So, And uh, we're just kind of keeping things going, and my, my son kind of manages it and has some land of his own. And I'm, like I said, I'm just a semi-retired fellow out here. And your reaction to grain prices, semi-retired, means you've seen a lot of ups and downs. Well, I'll tell you, my dad, I'm from Yorkton. Uh, my dad and I, we farmed west of Yorkton, and the prices sure weren't like this back in the 70s. It is crazy. You don't know what to seed. And, of course, I'm going off of listening to my son talk. It, the prices are crazy. You can sell, you can get a good price now for uh, off the combine, you know. So it's awesome. It's great. Doug Bella is seeding at Radville and today's winner in the 620 CKRM Spring Country Cookout Contest. Radville is about 135 kilometers south and east of Regina. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch Eavestroughs. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavestroughs.ca and Ducks Unlimited. Grain prices in Saskatchewan continue to push into record and near-record levels. PI Financial Commodity Futures Advisor Adam Pacallo says canola jumped $113 a ton this week alone, and spring wheat futures gained 26 cents a bushel. Well, Jim, same story. I'm going to sound like a broken record here in the last uh, few weeks. Canola on the July contract increased approximately $113 a ton uh, for the week. So definitely all-time record prices. Looks like $1,000 a ton could definitely be in sight. On the wheat front, Minneapolis wheat on the July futures increasing as well, up approximately $0.26 on the week reached over $8 a bushel here today, slightly under that right now, but definitely following the trend higher with some of these other commodities. Beans higher 30 cents on the week, corn higher uh, 40 cents on the week. So really on the canola front, surging world vegetable oil prices are really kind of helping those markets kind of stay higher. Um, palm oil futures are actually at a new 13-year high, uh, plus really continued dry weather concerns uh, for the corn crop in Brazil has helped to support you know, corn. On the soybean side of things, still a lot of demand there as well too. So all the grains are, are taking off higher. So you make it sound like it's strong demand coupled with concerns about dry weather. Are those the key factors pushing it up? Definitely a couple of the factors. Now, one thing that we are definitely seeing is a bit of an inflationary tilt to kind of a lot of commodity prices in general. So what we're kind of seeing is, again, copper at new all-time highs and some other commodities like lumber, I'm sure everybody is aware of. So what we're seeing is just a lot of commodity prices actually and money coming into commodities. And I think that's definitely one reason too why we've seen canola prices go as high as they are is because it is such a small market. So when some big money can come in, they can really control the canola market. On the wheat side of things, there actually still is decent rain amounts in the next five-day forecast for the Dakotas and for Kansas. And the 8 to 14-day models show above normal precipitation for the entire plains. But 
again, the market is just kind of following better demand indications and just kind of this inflation type of trade, it seems. So right now, you know, it's pushing contracts kind of up to the highest level since uh, April 27th. So kind of some new highs on wheat. But overall, the trend is still positive, And that should be good for farms uh, selling this year, hopefully. Yeah, what's the outlook next week and beyond? Well, if canola keeps going up uh, $30 a ton a day, we're going to be uh, safely over that $1,000 a ton. I'm not sure if that will happen, but uh, overall, again, talking with clients and how to be protecting this new crop, uh, there is about a $230 spread between November and July, so there are opportunities there. And also on the wheat front, reviewing strategies with clients on wheat, uh, again, trends are up, and if some of these other grains are still moving higher, corn, beans, wheat will follow to some extent. Adam Piccolo is a Commodity Futures Advisor with PI Financial. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. We're going to focus on a conversation I recently had with Carlo Dade and Sharon Sun of the Canada West Foundation talking about China's five-year plan, a new five-year plan, and what that means for agricultural trade from Canada. Carlo, is this is this something, when I say this is new, this isn't necessarily a new concept for China to have something like this, where they sort of set some pretty high benchmark in a whole bunch of different categories. No, it, it certainly isn't, neither for China, neither for other countries in the developing world. Uh, you know, five-year plans, some of your listeners, those who grew, grew up during the Cold War, may remember five-year plans from the Soviet Union or elsewhere. But uh, this is a different type of national plan instrument. Those old five-year plans used by developing countries, those old five-year plans used by the Soviet Union, East Germany, have had a modern reincarnation into more uh, just national planning documents where you're intending to guide the economy by setting goals for certain sectors. So you're not setting hard production targets. Workers unit in section five will pour so many miles of concrete this year. Instead, you're saying we want to become more innovative and we're gonna target these sectors and these investments to promote innovation in the economy, or we're going to target agriculture to improve yields by investing in science and providing incentives. So it's a different type of development plan. And you know, currently today, like 135 developing countries have national development plans, and that's doubled in the past decade. So certainly this is, you know, the, my background is international development. And for me, <laughs> a national development plan is just what countries that are trying to leave poverty do. So, Sharon, is this is this a component of the Belt and Road Initiative, or is this like not related? Where does that fit in? 
Um, that's a good question. So, well, the five-year plan is in and itself an item on its own. Um, as Carlos said, it's basically the economic and development plan um, for China, usually for the next five years. Um, since Belt and Road Initiative has been one of you know China's um, quite important initiatives, we do see that being reflected in the five-year plan in terms of further regional integration and cooperation. Um, and so it's definitely mentioned in the sense of how all of these strategies and policies all come together and how they're interrelated to each other. But it is not um, just on its own, the Belt and Road. So Sharon, I'll admit to you, when I when I first uh, saw Carlo's email on this topic, you know, my head jumped right away to sort of some of the economic battle between the U.S. and China. And China coming up with a five-year plan was not necessarily in the best interests of Canada. Is is that is that a fair presumption for me to make? Um, I think that's that's a common presumption, but we have to again keep in mind that the five year plan is not it's not like China suddenly introduced this five year plan. You know, China has been has been producing five year plans since nineteen fifty three. Um, it's just that this one at the end of the five year, now they're introducing a new one. Um, what's interesting about this new one is that it's not just the next five years, it's even longer. Um, there's elements that, that, that are extended to 2035. And so um, that's the reason why we're analyzing this because given the current situation, given the current international environment, and also given the fact that, you know, Canada and China is at an all-time low in terms of bilateral relations, um, this document lays out where China is going in the next five to 10 years. So it would be really useful for us to understand where China is going to at least increase some predictability and not be taken by surprise in, you know, based on the preliminary ideas and goals that China has laid out. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. This spring, apply pre-emergent edge microactive group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, mainly sunny, wind southeast 30, gusting to 50. The high today, 15 degrees, the low plus 5. Saturday, mainly cloudy, wind east 30, the high 11, the low tomorrow, minus 1. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high 13, the low plus 1. Monday, partly cloudy, the high 16, the low plus 4. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high 18, the low 6 degrees. Wednesday, partly cloudy, the high 18 again, the low 6. And Thursday, again, the high 18 with partly cloudy sky. Normal high is 18 degrees, the normal low plus 2. The sun rose at 5.23 this morning. It sets at 8.27 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot right now is in the southwest corner. Valmarie is 18 degrees. 
The cold spot, Collins Bay up north at 4 degrees. In Estevan, it's 13 degrees. Saskatoon is looking at 12, uh, pardon me, 12 degrees. Swift Current is 17. Weyburn in the southeast corner is 14. And Yorkton is 11 degrees. Currently in Regina with sunny skies, it's 14. That's 57 Fahrenheit. Winds are from in the southeast at 35, gusting to 45. Humidity 21%, the barometer dropping 102.1. Winds from the southeast at 37, gusting to 48 in Moose Jaw, sunny and 14. Once again, Regina, sunny and 14, that's 57 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems expect the best. The two railways are having an easier time meeting grain car orders as shipper demand begins to decline as we move towards summer. Last year was very unusual, with 2020 grain exports continuing at a brisk pace during the spring and summer months, as export customers, particularly China, stocked up on grain, oilseed and pulses in the early stages of the COVID-19 pandemic. It now appears that was a one-year event based on the latest data from the Ag Transport Coalition, a consortium of agricultural groups and grain companies. Milt Poirier manages the Ag Transport Coalition. He says CN and CP Rail both exceeded the 90% car delivery threshold in shipping week 38, which ended April 24th. All of the underlying key indicators generally are continuing to point in the right direction, specifically carryover orders from one week to the next, which plagued both railways through much of the grain year, particularly the winter. They remained low, despite the fact that we had a slight drop in performance. CN's numbers were up a little bit, but not particularly significant, and particularly in light of what we now think is declining demand. And CP, in fact, saw the lowest carryover from week to week that they've had since the second week of the grain year back in August of 2020. So that's a pretty encouraging sign. And as for the number of cars spotted? CP fell under the 5,000 car threshold uh, for country car spotting for the first time in seven weeks. And CN was down under 4,000. But when you put the reduced car spotting in the context of what now looks like potentially declining demand from shippers, I would say that the lower car spotting activity shouldn't be viewed as a performance issue, um, whether it be capacity or execution, but more as being driven by the lower demand in the marketplace. So nothing that I would be overly concerned about just yet. Poirier says the numbers show clear signs of declining demand from shippers for grain cars. Industry statistics, as reported in a couple of different places, show farmer deliveries, terminal receipts, and exports all dropping fairly significantly over the last four weeks. Some industry observers are projecting that domestic canola supplies are effectively going to run out by the end of June, which would be a full six to eight weeks ahead of the next harvest. And to accentuate that point. There are in fact reports in the industry about Canadian canola crushers that are planning to import foreign canola from Ukraine, I believe, to supplement 
dwindling domestic supplies in the coming weeks. So that's a very unusual move, but it kind of cements the thought that canola supplies are going away and they're going away quickly. So if they want to maintain their crushing activity, they're going to have to find some supply somewhere. The decline in canola exports is impacting the amount of rail traffic to the port of Prince Rupert. When we look at shipper demand specifically for the Prince Rupert corridor in the coming weeks, it's going down at an accelerated rate. By week 40, which is this week, I know we've only reported week 38 so far, and this week we'll report on week 39, but in real time, we are in grain week 40, and shipper demand to Prince Rupert is down by about 50%. And according to uh, the port, in large part driven by what they see as lower canola shipments. While traffic to Prince Rupert is slowing down, Thunder Bay remains active. Looking into the numbers, it looks like a big driver of that is now the focus of demand for Manitoba shippers being in the Thunder Bay corridor, which is one that the railways seem to have an easier time serving. And in week 38, Thunder Bay represented more than 80% of demand for both CN and CP, and both railways were just about perfect on servicing that corridor. So Manitoba continues to do very well. Milt Poyer with QGI Consulting manages the Ag Transport Coalition, which monitors grain movement. His comments come from the Grain by Train podcast. It's produced by Pulse Canada, a member of the Ag Transport Coalition. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. Manitoba's latest crop report says 18% of the province's spring crops have been seeded on par with the four-year average. Manitoba Agriculture Crop Specialist Dane Fraze says farmers have made really good progress over the past week. Uh, yes, they have. Despite uh, cold and dry soils for the most part, uh, farmers are pushing ahead with seeding, uh, primarily focused on field peas and spring wheat at this time, and then moving into oats and barley as uh, they wrap up those cereals and peas. Fraze says there's been reports of some flea beetles already. Uh, yes, not, not too much of a surprise for most Manitoba farmers right now. Uh, the flea beetles are a persistent issue uh, across much of the province and much of the prairies, in fact. Uh, however, with uh, a lack of green vegetative matter for them to feed on, and, and they've started emerging coming out of the soil now that they're a little bit warmer on the surface uh, they are out in abundance we don't typically see them when we have very cool or windy days they tend to hide in the in the soil cracks on the surface uh, but those warmer days when you're out in the field scouting or, or uh, coming in from the yard you tend to bring a few with you and you see that they're out and uh, some it's causing some farmers to consider delaying their canola planting a little bit uh, ideally aiming for when the forecast has a little bit of moisture and some warmer temperatures in the forecast. That way we, the canola that goes in the ground then has a rapid germination and rapid emergence, which does help compete and outgrow the flea beetles and take advantage of the seed treatment that's on the canola rather than having them stall and wait in the ground and having those flea beetles have a buffet. Spring seeding is advancing well in the southwestern part of Manitoba. A little further along, yes. Um, particularly as you move towards the southern edge of uh, Boisvain, Killarney, Mulliday area, cereals are getting close to wrapped up for some producers, while others are haven't started, depending on uh, moisture conditions and, and their attitude to spring seeding. And as producers are wrapping up cereals there, they're moving into some canola, some soybeans have been uh, seeded already, as well as uh, a portion of the corn and sunflower crop. 
as you move further north, uh, there's less progress that's happened. Uh, soils have been a little cooler. It has been a little bit wetter north of the Yellowhead Highway and then north of Bryan Mountain Park. So those uh, farmers are just getting started now. Cool overnight weather has slowed seeding progress. It certainly does slow things down. Uh, it makes it uh, a little bit slower to get going the next morning or, or two, and that delays progress. As it also uh, delays germination for many crops. If the soil cools down quite rapidly at night, that germination process slows right down uh, to the point where it, nothing might happen for a day or two until temperatures warm up. Uh, cereals are reasonably frost tolerant as they start emerging and, and will grow through uh, a lot of cold temperatures. Uh, their growing point is below the surface until about the sixth leaf or sixth node stage. However, uh, canola and soybeans having a different growth pattern, when they come out of the surface, they are then susceptible to frost. So uh, looking at delaying some of those more sensitive crops until temperatures are a little bit more conducive can be a good strategy. Dane Fraze is a crop specialist with Manitoba Agriculture. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. And brought to you by Sask Pork. Saskatchewan's growing and vibrant hog industry creates economic spin-offs and career opportunities in our rural communities. Find out more, visit saskpork.com. Grain prices were mixed in early trading today. Canola gained $14.70 at 919.77. Number one red spring wheat fell 397 at $333.62. The rest were unchanged. Durham 290.27. Feed barley 282.68. Flax 697.63. Lentils $747.50. Oats 209.53. Yellow peas 383.70. Feed wheat 238.84. The Minneapolis Spring Wheat July futures up one and three quarter cents at 7.92 and a quarter cent a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the Source 620 CKRM. The livestock quotes brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn 842-4574. Now the latest livestock quotes. This is Grant Barnett with the Market Report Heartland Livestock here in Moosetown. 450 cattle on offer at our Thursday regular sale. This cow market was barely steady here to last week. These top, top-end grain-fed cows, 93 to 99. Sales right up to a dollar four on the high high yields in cows. These leaner hay fed cows, eighty four to ninety two. The Shelley cows, they are being discounted. Good bulls are a couple of bucks lower this week, a dollar two to eleven. Sales right up to a dollar seventeen seventy five. Last pre sort of the spring is Tuesday, May eleventh. All yearlings to be here by two p.m. on the Monday for pre sorting. Our last Thursday regular sale is Thursday, May thirteenth. After that, we move to Tuesdays for the summer months. This has been Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have one great afternoon. Now the latest pork prices. Ham sold 7,100 hogs Thursday, selling in a range of 228 to 243 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 5,000 head, selling in a range of 228 to 244 per CKG. 100 index hog prices for the week ending Saturday, May 8th are Oli West 2020 contract, 237.60, Oli West 2021 contract, 237.70, Maple Leaf Sig 4, 228.39, Ham's Cash, 226.39, Thunder Creek Brickle, 230.12, High Life Cash, 243.17 dollars per CKG. 
Hams number one sows this week are selling the range of 68 to 75 cents per pound live weight. Hams cash hog price today is up and forward contract prices open mixed this morning. On Thursday, the Canadian dollar is up 48 basis points with the daily exchange rate at 1.2200. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 82.23 cents US. Daily US cash prices are higher to finish the week with all reporting regions posting gains relative to the previous day. The national regions saw the lowest weekly increase this year at 23 cents US 100 weight, and when the national cutout adjusted reference is calculated today, it will likewise see the smallest week over week increase this year. The Western Corn Belt, on the other hand, continues to see unprecedented weekly gains, and the region continues to show no signs of abating. Lean hog futures remain at elevated levels, but the strength behind the most recent rally has lost momentum for now. Yesterday saw the first down day since the correction on April 29th, but like cash, the market does not appear poised for a significant reversal today. Demand from all channels remains robust, and tight supplies are anticipated out to the end of the year. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report brought to you by the Prairie Co-op Grow Team. Fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg. And SMHI. Farmers get your hail insurance coverage with Municipal Hail at an RM office or direct online. Farmers insuring farmers, municipalhail.ca. StatsCan numbers show Saskatchewan had the lowest unemployment rate in Canada and led the country in month-to-month job growth. The April employment in Saskatchewan rose by 9,500 from March 2021 and was first in percentage increase. For the year, Saskatchewan gained 58,000 jobs, up 11.9%. Saskatchewan tied for the lowest unemployment rate at 6.6%, down from 7.3% in the month and down from 11.2% a year ago. The national unemployment rate is 8.1%. Immigration Minister Jeremy Harrison says this province is leading Canada's economic recovery, pointing to recent large private sector investments in canola crushing and other ventures. Major gains were in the trades, up 17,000 jobs, construction up 8,700 jobs, and the private sector up 54,000. Over the same period, youth employment increased over 17,000 jobs, up 32%. On the markets, the TSX is up 144 points at 19,434. The Dow has risen 163 points at 34,711. Oil is up 18 cents at 64.89 a barrel. And the Canadian dollar is up two one-hundredths of a cent at 82.31 cents U.S. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.